Thanks for tuning in to the Leadership Lowdown. This is Vic Vershero here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm grateful today to have with us a gentleman that I met a number of years ago. I was very impressed with him. He is uh, what I consider a, a gentle giant. He has a uh, wonderful demeanor, a fantastic guy, and a really um, big successful organization that he runs. His name is Mark Shupan. He is a CEO of Shupan and Sons. Mark, welcome to our humble abode. We're glad to have you. Well, thanks. It's great to be here. I just have to live up to your uh, introduction, and I'll be fine. <laughs> well, there's a lot that uh, that I could say about you, and all of it would be good. 100% of it would be good. And, Mark, I really am grateful for your time today. And, and uh, we talked about this, trying to get on your schedule and get things organized and such. And, um, and really, just uh, kind of briefly, um, before we unpack your entire leadership journey, why don't you tell us a little bit uh, uh, what the elevator speech is for Shupan and Sons. What is what is your organization? What do you do? Well, I always start with nothing and work my way up to an extreme state of poverty. But, uh, <laughs> what uh, the elevator speech was basically, um, I ended up 46 years of uh, trial and error and really surrounding myself with good people. Uh, we've been able to diversify into a num- number of different areas from what we started. And by having the quality of people I have, we've been able to be uh, what I would call reasonably successful. <laughs> and we're still still growing, still uh, looking at new opportunities and bringing good people in. And we, uh, we're, uh, I truly believe that uh, we've, we've got a base here to build on. Yeah, and and pre- predominantly, uh, I want to say that you use the word recycling. Is that too uh, simplistic in terms of all that you get into? Well, that's probably how we're known, especially when we started in Kalamazoo, because we started just a very small company uh, my father bought in 1968, very mm. small, and then unfortunately passed away in 74, and that's oh kind of when I got started, and you know, that's a story in itself, but uh, we've gone from uh, the recycling side to aluminum distribution uh, and manufacturing. We make some pretty sophisticated uh, parts now for some medical, a little bit automotive, uh, the office furniture business. Wow. We have a brokerage metal trading office that trades metal across the United States, uh, Canada, Mexico, and now we have an office in Japan. (laughs) Wow. Actually grown tremendously. Yeah, so what a a difference. (laughs) We have an electronics recycling division, which is... uh, had a, we've had for about five or six years, which is pretty interesting. And uh, we, we're very, if you're familiar, obviously, with the bottle bill in Michigan, uh, we handle the bottle bill. Uh, so we put our, we touch or broker or handle just about, uh, uh, let's just say, a huge percentage of all the containers in Michigan. Yeah. Plants that do that. We have 15 facilities now and about 550 people. Oh, my and, word. Uh, so we're kind of, I, I guess I can go on, but we're in. Headquartered in Kalamazoo, we have plants in Grand Rapids, um, kind of the Wixom area, Elkhart, Indiana, Dayton, Toledo. Uh, let's see where else. Um, <laughs> as far as industrial plants, yeah. um, again, our, the people that work for us are that are metal brokers. Are, we're in Philadelphia, Cleveland, Chicago, Detroit, Atlanta, St. Louis, L.A., and Japan. 
My gosh. You know, and isn't it interesting, you know, I I, um, I don't think I've ever really understood the scope of what you oversee and what you, you're involved with. And you and it says Shupan and Sons, so uh, you've got a couple of uh, young men that, are, that have joined you in the organization as well? Well, the way it, that kind of happened, the, the company my father bought was a company called Konigsberg Company. And he had always kind of hoped that, because he had two sons, that maybe we'd be in the business someday and everything. But, uh, uh, you know, it's not anything I actually wanted to do. But uh, after he died in 74, I kind of knew that that's what he wanted. So I changed it to Shoepan and Sons. Hmm. And then, uh, anyway, I, I actually uh, have two sons in the business and a daughter. <laughs> so I've heard before it should be Shoepan and Sons and daughter, but... Uh, yeah. Is she the one that said that? (laughs) More and more, they just kind of refer to it as as shoe pan, and and it takes care of a a lot of the uh, divisions. And associates, yeah. There's a lot lot going on there, isn't there? Well, and and, uh, so tell me, were you, uh, are you a Michigan guy from from birth? Well, we were born, I was born in Kansas City, Missouri, but we Uh, moved here when I was five. Okay. My recollections of Kansas City isn't, um, I think it was pretty hot. I think, I think I remember frying egg on the sidewalk when I was a kid or something. Oh, you just for giggles uh, and grins, right? <laughs> so we've been, I've actually been in Kalamazoo uh, since I was five years old. And except for my, you know, college career, and then I taught for three years, uh, was here, I was away about eight years. Oh, okay. Been, been here ever since. Uh, this has always been the headquarters. And kind of when I came back here, we just had the one plant. And yeah. As time goes by... Uh, you know, things change. Well, we, we just are so excited to have you here, Mark. Thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate uh, the opportunity to unpack the Shupan leadership story. We're looking forward to hearing all about it here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Vershero, and we'll be right back with Mark. Hi, everybody. This is Chris Holman at the Michigan Business Network. And at this time of year, during the holidays, when you count your blessings, I have to tell you as listeners, you are right there. So important to our existence and such a big part of our team. And so in response from all of us here at the Michigan Business Network, everybody that's behind the scenes, we thank you for being part of us at the Michigan Business Network. Have a happy holiday and a prosperous new year. Thanks for tuning in to Leadership Lowdown. This is Vic Versero here on the Michigan Business Network, and I'm excited to have with me today Mark Shupan. It's not an easy catch for us to have somebody uh, that's running an operation the size of what he does, but we're grateful for his time. Mark, thank you for being with us. He is the C- P- CEO of Shupan & Sons. And, Mark, um, the story for um, for young Mark Shupan begins um, – um, many years ago, you you made your way to uh, Ka- uh, Kalamazoo, but um, uh, where was your where was your college days? You went to college. Um, uh, are you a Spartan? Oh, I uh, bleed green and white. For, <laughs> sure. for any of you that know know me, and then actually, my son worked for Tom Izzo, and Tom's been a friend, and uh, Mark D'Antoni was a very good friend, and uh, uh, I've been really fortunate, but. 
Anyway, um, and I was at the 1966 uh, Michigan Notre Dame tie, so I, uh-huh. how far back I go. That was well, and we year. see shoe pan recycling all over all over campus, so we know that we know that there's some connection there. So I, it makes sense that you're you're green and you go in green. So that's that's good stuff. So what uh, you you show up in, at Michigan State? Uh, formidable years, interesting stories to come out oh, of that. Very very formidable years. Uh, <laughs> I was the first one in my family to attend college for full-time you know, oh. my father was very intelligent very smart had done some night school in in chicago uh i think uh, university of chicago i believe but at any rate uh so i'm a freshman at michigan state and with the idea i'm going to go to law school and so i get into political science program and uh, in all seriousness I, I kid people a little bit because i that was my curriculum and then if I had to do over again, I would have taken fly tying, French cooking, and putting, uh, something that I could use. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but uh, a, a real quick story, I was supposed to graduate, and at the time I was working in a, actually I was working as a security in a, in a very in a place called Grandmother's, a very large bar. Okay. And I had one more language class to take to be able to make sure I got my degree in poli-sci. And I wasn't very good at, at, at language. Uh, my French had, a few years earlier told me that. <laughs> but I had the only professor I ever had at Michigan State that had required attendance. Oh, wow. Anyway, and I was, quite frankly, I was at par when I couldn't miss one more class. <laughs> and I was getting home very late, like 2 or 3 in the morning from my, my job at security. And uh, so anyway, the, cl- the class was a crack of dawn, probably about 10 o'clock. So... Anyway, I had told my uh, my roommate, I said, Pete, whatever you do, wake me up. I've got to go to this class. Whatever yeah. you do. Don't let me down. That morning, he wake, wakes me, shakes me, and I look up at him and said, Peter, I've decided not to graduate. Let me sleep. <laughs> I changed my life. I, I ended up that afternoon going to see my counselor, taking a look at everything I had. And I said, how long would it take me to get a teaching certification? He looked at it and he said, in one year you could do it. And so, quite frankly, uh, that's what I did. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. I like, I like sports a lot, and I had, was a reasonably decent athlete. I'm actually in their high school hall of fame. I think they had a, a rough year of finding anybody to put me in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, at any rate, so I ended up getting uh, a teaching certification and ended up getting a job teaching uh, history and government uh, a couple other things at uh, Carroll High School up in the Oh, Michigan. sure. And I met my wife there my third year when I was getting ready to leave. And quite frankly, uh, if I would have gotten up for that class, I would have never uh, <laughs> married the, the great lady I married, Jeannie Gettle. Oh, my. I married for 44 and a half years. Oh, that is a, that is a great uh, story to show you how things wind around and, and it's meant to be. Oh my gosh! Well, and so and so in the um, in those formidable college years, you met somebody that I knew in my life, and and um, uh, he was uh, I, I think your big fraternity brother, right? Uh, he was. I was his. Because since I'm older, he was my little brother, Jim Robinson. Oh, got it. Okay. Who, yeah. Quite frankly, had I I knew his family from Kalamazoo, and his father at one time had worked for my father at one. Time. Oh, I didn't know that. Jim, just a terrific. Uh, little, certainly a few years younger than me, but uh, uh, magnetic, uh, 
personality yes. and yep. to know Jim was to love him. And he, he was just a great, just still is a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of a big man on campus. Uh, I, he's got a million dollar smile. And of course uh, the war stories you could tell, but this is going out live, you know, so everybody's going to hear him. We better well, hold those probably over. probably a few stories that would probably not be, uh, yeah. uh, would need to be filtered. <laughs> Fair enough. We don't want to get any any, any loss, lawsuits at this late in life. So I, I just love it. Well, as you think about coming out of college, what was the you, – you get up to Carroll. I lived in Carroll for 12 years. Um, you get up there um, uh, and you meet your beautiful, beautiful bride. Uh, but uh, where would you go from there? Did you guys um, uh, stay well, there very long? Her, unfortunately, just a month before I was leaving Carroll. Oh, my. I, had, I actually taught longer than I thought I was going to. And my goal was, my father had this fledging business, and, I, and I'd work summers for him. And I said, I'll come home, I'll work for one year, and then I'm either going to go to law school or I'm going to try to coach college basketball. I've been really <laughs> successful coaching. And I truly believe that if... Uh, uh, so I came home, literally, and I was home three weeks, and he died very unexpectedly. I had a stroke. Oh. And so uh, that was it. And there was really, I think our company had six employees and a younger brother, two younger sisters. My mom was 46. And he was, you know, he worked very hard and the business was, you know, struggling a little bit. And so literally Sunday was the funeral and Monday morning I was at work. Oh, gosh. I did a eulogy. I was 26. Uh, first eulogy I, I did, which I've done a few for since, that's for sure. But, yeah. Uh, it's clear as a bell right now. It was 1974. Well, you grow up really quick um, in, in when you have something like that happen, I would think. So you've got uh, these six families that are depending on you as employees, and, and the entire um, shoe pan fortunes are resting on your young shoulders. Um, tell me, um, uh, was there somebody that came alongside you at that time, or were you uh, were you sinking all alone and, and doing it all by yourself? <laughs> well... My father had, had had you know friends in business, and I think they all want, they mostly certainly wanted me to succeed. And I'd had I'd worked some summers, so I had some knowledge of the business. But uh, I mean, we were really small then. I mean, we had seventy five hundred square feet. And I think <laughs> we had I think two or three trucks, and it was. Uh, uh, but you know, the thing is, I never really felt sorry for myself. It was one of those things that uh, failure was not an option. Right, it was not an option. So. In those early days, um, I certainly, you know, I opened up, I closed, had a half-day Saturdays, did paperwork on Sundays, and uh, but uh, and it wasn't really what I wanted to do. But right. uh, you know, it turned out I'm, I'm, I've always been a competitor, and, and this was an opportunity. And I think from teaching, I learned a lot. Yeah. Like coaching taught me a lot too about working with people. And well, you've come a long ways, Mark, and I and I'm really glad that uh, we're going to have a chance to unpack this a little bit. Um, and can't wait to uh, hear the rest of the story. Thank you for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. Thanks for listening to Leadership Lowdown. This is Vic Virtual. We'll be right back with Mark Chupan.
Celebrate the holidays and send the gift of Mackinac Island's original Murdoch's Fudge to your clients, friends, and family. The pure Michigan freshness of Mackinac's original fudge will be delivered direct to their door. Holiday gift boxes with your choice of 12 different fudge flavors. Caramel corn, brittles, and toffee are all made with pure Michigan ingredients. Original Murdoch's Fudge, direct from Mackinac Island by ferry through December 18th. Visit OriginalMurdochsFudge.com. That's OriginalMurdochsFudge.com. This is Vic Verschero here on the Leadership Lowdown. Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. I've got with me today Mark Shupan. He is the CEO of Shupan and Sons and daughter. I'm adding that in for your daughter's sake there, Mark. So we're glad to have you here with us. And, you know, you had such a, uh, uh, an interesting start. And in in, I don't want to say tragic. Uh, it is from a, from a young man's standpoint to lose their father so early and young. But all of a sudden, you are the man of the hour. I'm just wondering about... Uh, somebody once said to me a long time ago, never despise humble beginnings. It sure does make for an incredible story to think about the international organization and, and multi-state operation that you're running uh, today and all the dynamics of what you're doing. Um, and then you look back in uh, those uh, those early days. So tell me, I, I just wonder, you know, uh, y- y- you're trying to find a way to make it. Were there any critical touch points or any, any moments when you thought, I'm not making it, or oh my goodness, this one really, really guaranteed our future? Anything like that that was the big hallmark moments for you? Well, when I think back, um, obviously, you know, losing my father, I was kind of, I was in shock. And and that first year was was, was really challenging because our family was very close, and, and he was just so young. Yeah. So from that standpoint, but uh, 1975 was my first real year in business, and, and if you look back, that was a recessionary year. Mm. So I started my, so I didn't get any really idea of how smart I was. Our first year, I think our sales were down about 40% <laughs> due to pricing and volume, and we still made a small profit, and we survived, and... And I think, you know, it probably was better for me to to learn, you know, the lesson that, you know, just because I was running it, that all of a sudden I wasn't the smartest guy in the world or this and that and whatever, and that the economy, there's going to be things that happen. But in the meantime, uh, my learning, you know, experience, you know, it, it grew from a standpoint of understanding the business better. Yeah. I think the other thing as time goes on, especially when you're young, you try new, new things. You experiment. You, you know, you, you don't bet the farm. Uh, not that the farm was that big, but uh, <laughs> and, and being a competitor at the time was kind of interesting because in the in the recycling business, the industrial, which is what we were, um, there was like must have been ten other companies in, in Kalamazoo that were in that business. So it was uh, very competitive. And I'll be honest, the, my competitors, uh, their idea was not to help me survive. So yeah, it was. Uh, I had my challenges. But there are people, one of, one of my father's friends, um, who uh, I, res- I respected greatly, uh, was a guy named Ben Brote. And he had, he had a company that was actually all kinds of clothing and this and that and whatever. He'd been in for years. And, but anyway, just his, his attitude, he, uh, he always used to talk about like philanthropy, even though we had very little money, <laughs> was, you know, don't, don't give till it hurts, give till it feels good. And I know if I got a call from him, that meant somebody had a fire somewhere and they needed something or this or that, and you know, and you would do what you could, what, which was 
anything was <laughs> pretty major for us in those days. Yeah. But just the whole idea, and then my mom, my mother had her values. She used to tell me, us, um, it's easier to give somebody the shirt off your back if you happen to have another one. But if we're ever successful, she expected that we would make make a difference in, in our community and in the lives of others. Mm. So she was she was certainly uh, a great mentor. She laid that expectation out right away. Exactly. Yeah, right from the get go. Is that did she stay involved in the business for long? Uh, you as a young Never man was and at all. No, as, no. Long, as long as that check came every 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 week. Uh, <laughs> She just she had all the confidence in the world, and actually, I bought the business with my brother about two years after uh, my dad passed away. Got it. <laughs> I made sure that she was always, you know, uh, so to speak, uh, able to do the things she wanted yeah. in her life. <laughs> That's pretty neat. Just as my father would have. Which I and, and again, I I never felt bad about it. And I was glad till she passed away and. At 82, that I was able to do that. Yeah, good, good, good stuff. Well, so as you as you start uh, start moving forward with the business, um, um, there's some things that happen along the way. I, um, I'm and just an ignorant question on my part. The Michigan bottle law came about um, uh, in the was it early 80s or so that that when when that came when that happened was that a big thing for you guys or did that well, just I grow into something? I think that we just went into that business, into that. At the time, we went in early, before the bottle bill. Yeah. Um, or no, was it the bottle bill? No, it was, uh, it was right about the time of the bottle bill. We were looking for some aluminum. really always been our forte and our skill and everything else. And we were trying to find something where we could find get more volume. Because uh, before, when you handled cans when uh, on a retail basis, when Mom and Pa would come in with a bag of cans, it was almost like... You knew you were doing the right thing, but the economics weren't very good. It was almost <laughs> like, well, if we gave you $5, would you promise not to come back? <laughs> but we obviously didn't do that. Yeah. So anyway, we did get in the business. And it's, it's, it's a Harvard case study. But our only competitors in that business was uh, Anheuser-Busch, Alcoa, and Reynolds Aluminum. Oh, wow. So they, they had all of the beer wholesalers and the soft drink people. Well, those are pretty formidable competitors. Yes, they were. (laughs) Those are are major organizations. But we uh, came up with some some equipment that was superior that we thought. And once the wholesalers found out that that they could really trust us and that the level of service that we gave them was much better and that we could be price competitive, and it took a few years. And In fact, to start with my... uh, guy was my uh, uh, God. Did I? I'm trying to think. Did I have a CFO or whatever? Uh, he, he, yeah, I did. Anyway, and he's like, "Well, what are you trying to do to compete with these guys?" And the banks were, "How are you going to compete with these guys?" But sometimes when you're stubborn and you, and you know you you think you're right, and I always joke about I'm not always right, but I'm seldom in doubt. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and this is one that uh, and now and not to be, but in what we do and and brokering and handling beverage containers. I mean, Michigan, obviously, you know, we're dominant, but uh, our volume of what we do is the largest in the United States by any wow. independent. Well, Mark, we're going we're gonna to pick up on that on the next segment. I, I want to tell you, there's so much here to unpack. It's kind of exciting for me to hear the story. And thanks for joining us, Mark. And thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Vershero. We'll be right back.
At DBI, we do what we do so you can do what you do best. We do office. Locally owned and operated, DBI has everything you need for the office. From ergonomic office furniture and office interiors to the latest technology and movable walls and sound masking. DBI offers top quality products at user-friendly prices. And we can help with design and installation too. You can count on DBI for all the office supplies you need. DBI is the largest independent supplier of office products in Michigan, and we offer free nationwide next-day delivery on office supplies with no minimum order. At DBI, you get personal care and attention. Nobody does customer service like we do. DBI, at your service in downtown Lansing, downtown Jackson, and online at dbiyes.com. That's dbiyes.com. DBI. We do office. Welcome back to Leadership Lowdown. This is Vic Verschero here on the Michigan Business Network. Of course, Mark Schupan is our special guest today. He's the CEO of Schupan and Sons. And Mark, um, as you were talking in this last segment, I, I was really intrigued with, um, you mentioned uh, some of the m- m- major competitors that you had. Uh, I mean, th- those are, are massive organizations. And here's little old Schupan and Sons uh, coming on and taking on the world. Um, but one of the things you said I thought was really important um, was, was they began to trust you. Your, your, uh, the people you were serving and the organizations you were dealing with began to see you and trust you. And what a difference that makes. And I, I, it reminds me that, that as we think about business, there's so many different principles and things that, that make a difference. I just wonder, is there, is there some of those kind of cornerstones in your world that you've used that said, you know, this is what really, really made our success or this is how I felt uh, we made our mark? Well, I think over, over the years, especially, I've been there a long time, and there, you know, there are principles that I think our company, that you know, what our culture is, and, and how we've evolved, uh, for sure. Um, and I think if using the, you know, like for example, the Bear and Wine wholesalers that were our customers, I mean, for them to do business with us as opposed to the big names, yeah. like uh, with a name like Schmuckers, you better be good. <laughs> right. <laughs> But we, we did. We had we had some really innovative equipment that was better than they had in their plants, and we gave service that was nobody was ever down with that equipment uh, 24 hours, which was unheard of. Wow. And, and eventually, we built relationships and friendships. And uh, but the trust was really important because if one time you violated that, it would have been the end probably of that business because mm-hmm. they were all very close. They all talked to each other and. And uh, great people to do business with too. They're all family businesses. And now Coke and Pepsi were a little more challenging, obviously. <laughs> I would big, think, yeah. For them to go ahead with us was uh, it was kind of funny how that actually happened. Uh, we were working very hard to to get the Pepsi business, and we were we were out uh, at their headquarters out east. And the guy that was in charge of it, uh, he had read a book about, uh, I think John Gotti, who was a <laughs> criminal out east, who had a, a bunch of <laughs> Uh, auto shredders, and he just kind of thought the industry was, you know, kind of corrupt. So how, you know, how are we ever going to be able to get their business? And it turned out he's watching CNBC, and I happen to be on there as a representative uh, for small business for the United hmm. States. There's yeah. 12 of us, and all of a sudden my credibility got better. Yeah, right. <laughs> so 
you ju- you just never know but uh what what kind of breaks you get well the, the funny thing is you know as i say i'm getting i'm certainly getting a bit older but uh, david brooks the the writer I, I heard him speak a few years ago and he said something pretty funny and he and he and I'm and looking back a little bit, he said, uh, you know, at my age, I'm not working on resume values. I'm working on eulogy values. <laughs> so, so if, you know, if you want, if you, if you want, you know, a eulogy, you don't, you don't want the best thing they say about that. He was a good speller, you know. So, <laughs> so we're we're working on some things. But I have a thing in my office which uh, is really how we run our business, and it's it's on a calendar written in 1941, came off a paper mill. And it's framed up here, and it says, "There's, there's nothing nearly so clever as honesty and sincerity." And that's really how we we try to we've always tried to run our business, how we treat our customers, how we treat our employees, and I think that's the success. Um, you look at these different things, and you know I have a lot of quotes in this and that. And the other one is Mark Twain: "Is you never go wrong doing the right thing." Mm-hmm. Now. Does that always work? Um, you know, companies don't always have the same value as you do, but in the long run, for Shipman Sons and our employees, uh, that's that's what's made it work. These are the these are the things that, uh, in the long run, um, help to make you successful. Well, pretty and of powerful. Course the key is the right people. Yeah. Well, what, yeah, and that thing we probably want to talk about people as well, uh, maybe in our next segment. But as I think about, you know, what you just shared, you know, honesty and sincerity. Uh, I think I think the quote was nothing uh, is nearly so clever as honesty and sincerity. You know, um, what I find having been through um, years of business, I think you find people with different um, motives, different things going on in their life, and you're kind of. Um, uh, they just don't seem to be part of the cause. And so when you're honest and sincere, um, it's kind of an open book. And, and man, that's a, that's a great way to put your head down on the pillow at night, knowing that, uh, that you've done the right thing for the right causes and the right events. So um, it, living it out is, is different than hanging it on the wall, isn't it, Mark? Um, yes, it is. And, and again, um, you know, you can imagine the challenge we've had in, in our, you know, Competitors who've competed against people out of some some very very large competitors over the years in the, on the industrial scrap side and, and other things that we do and uh, you know you want to try to distinguish yourself or, uh, from others and uh, you know the, we're not perfect but we always try to do the right thing if we make a mistake we admit it and we fix it yeah um, we don't hide it and and I think all the way and our employees there's, there's another thing that I think is really important. I heard Thomas Friedman speak one time, the guy, the world is flat. Yep. And he said something that really hit me. He said, nobody ever washes a rental car. <laughs> nobody ever washes a rental car. And I thought about that. And I said, you know, if every one of our employees owns his job, own, that he'll treat it well, um, and it won't be, we're not renting him. This, this is his company. And if, if you can help them to understand that it is their company and to feel that way, it goes a long way to be successful. You know, it's a little harder when you have 550 people than when you had six people. But yeah, uh, as long as your presidents and your managers and we know what the culture is, it's it's pretty exciting actually to 
to see it work. Well, I think you just you just peeked into something that maybe we can talk about in our next segment, which is trying to figure out how do you impact as your organization grows. How do you keep your your commitment to some of the cornerstone issues, philosophies, and things you stand for and won't stand for? So, Mark, I'm just so glad you're here sharing with us. Uh, it it is a great honor indeed, and it's an honor that you tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Vercherio. We're going to go pay some bills and come right back. You can listen to the Michigan Business Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, on the smartphone app, and on its website at www.michiganbusinessnetwork.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Verscher on the Leadership Lowdown. I'm really enjoying reconnecting with an old friend, Mark Schupan, CEO of Schupan & Sons, uh, truly an international organization and doing some great things uh, in a multiple states, but, but uh, headquarters right here in Kalamazoo, uh, Michigan. So we're glad to have a little sliver of his time. And Mark, in this last segment... You, you mentioned, you know, things can change when you go from six employees to f- over 500. And as you kind of were working through that, I think you're a, you're a person that has a lot of great culture in your organization and um, have, has built something that um, if you were going to head off to Aruba for a few months, uh, the organization might be able to succeed without you because of the groundwork you've, you've laid. Um, and so tell me, tell me, how does that, how does that happen? I mean, when you say something, like I mentioned earlier, you're not just putting it on the wall as a bumper sticker, you're living it out. So are there some tricks of the trade or some things that you, you have found really important as you grow to uh, keep, uh, your true North, your true North? Well, uh, I think probably when I look at it is, the most important thing is, is surrounding yourself with people with um, positive values or that have good values to start with. And then basically, uh, as we un- say, understand how we do things, you know, if something happens, how, how then they can make those decisions. Um, I used to to joke about as things happen, uh, Mother, Mother Teresa, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but uh, one of my favorite quotes from her is, I, I know God will not give me anything I can't handle. I just wish he didn't trust me. <laughs> I've heard that before. I didn't realize that was from her, but isn't that true? <laughs> well, and, and I think the thing is that your people have... Now, I, had, after my, I lost a son 18 years ago in an automobile yes, accident with both my wife's parents. And at, at, before that, I really spent a lot of time out in the plants and this and that. And I had a period of about a year or two where I just had a hard time. You know, I'd get up every day and go to work, but... Uh, you know, it was, it was really challenging for a couple of years there. Yeah. Um, I think the the thing is that, that your employees really do have to, I think, the success and all you care. We have one division, which is our largest division, is our aluminum distribution and manufacturing, which is Kalamazoo, Dayton, and Toledo. They have on their trucks, which was never me doing, it says, we are shoe pan, like Penn State kind of. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, what is this stuff? Yeah. Uh, Did you not know that? <laughs> Oh yeah, they wear shirts, you know, at work. Uh, we are, you know, and it, it's really, it really does make me proud. And I don't 
I don't I'm over there once in a while, but uh, they have their own president and everything else. And I just tell them the main thing is if they ever hold up a gas station, don't wear a shirt. Right. But other than that. <laughs> I love it. Well, but um, this really, it, it, you must have, have put some of the right people in place um, with the right philosophies along the way. That ha- that's got to be the magic recipe, right? It, it, it is. It is. My, I had a fellow that passed away who was just an incredible guy. Um, in fact, uh, there's a street named for him where our Detroit plant, our Wixom plant is. <laughs> the guy was Richard Holtz. Unbelievable guy that we lost to diabetes. But uh, he always used to say that the man with the man with the best army wins. <laughs> and uh. He was so right. <laughs> and the key, the really key to being successful is understanding what you don't know, being willing to, if you make a mistake, to say you made a mistake, and be willing to give credit to other people. Mm. Uh, it, especially as you get older, you find out it's a we thing. This isn't about me. In fact, our last, our last quarterly newsletter was the whole, my whole thing was on we this, we that, whatever. But it's true. Huh. And you're right. If I went away for two months or three months, whatever, this this company would do well. They they they. I'm not a micromanager. Well, and but Mark, I have the, yeah, I have to tell you that 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 most most great organizations and great leaders, this is exactly the point. They've put in the, the right people. They've given them the elements they need to succeed, and they've gotten out of their way and let them be great. And I think that's a sign of a great leader. And so, congratulations, because that—that some people would say, "Well, you know, they, this place needs me." Well, <laughs> I got to tell you, if that's what's going on, you probably have, are not much of a leader. You're you're a pretty good doer, but not a not a great leader. Well, um, I've learned from a lot of really good people. That's mm-hmm. for sure. And I, I, you know, it's easy to you know to try to take credit, but I, I, I really don't want to. As a leader, my job really is to help the people around me be successful and reach their potential. And you find that as you get older, and that's why. And, and also, uh, it brings me a lot of a lot of positive feelings to be able to see their families grow, be successful, send them to college, have retirees. Um, yeah. All all the all the things are important, and to make a difference in the place where you live in your community. Um, my goal has never been to be the richest guy in the graveyard by any stretch, <laughs> but. Um, you know, the saying, it's not what you take with you when you leave this world, it's what you leave behind. Mm-hmm. And I think, and it's really true, and I, I, take it, I take it seriously, and I, think, and I think people understand I do. And if I had to go back and look at what things I feel have been really important in my life that you know, left behind, they're, they're really some things that are more important to me than, than, than the business success. Yeah, because I know right. it's made a difference in other, people, in other people's lives. And if we had another segment, we'd talk about those, but... Anyway, no, th- this has been good. I, you know, I'm really fortunate. My father passed away. He gave me an opportunity. He gave me a start. And I think uh, being competitive and being stubborn sometimes is helped. <laughs> well, what's interesting, it, what's interesting to me, Mark, is that a lot of people have been given a start by their families, some people with really uh, uh, fantastic silver spoons, um, and they haven't done done well with them. But with your humble beginnings, uh, you've done well and really have gotten a lot of uh, fantastic leadership experiences and things you've shared today. So we've got one precious segment left here, Mark. I'm so glad uh, that you've joined us today. Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. We'll be right back.
Even if you just get an hour, imagine a stress-relieving treatment, hand and arm massage, and a free makeup touch-up. Does this happen every time you have your hair done? It does at Douglas J Salon. Get the entire experience exclusively using Avita products. Guests have experienced the Douglas J difference for 45 years. Douglas J with two locations, inside the Marriott Hotel and in Okemos. Make your reservation at either professional salon by calling 877-334-8657 or visit douglasj.com today. This is Vic Vershero here on the Leadership Lowdown. I'm talking to you over the Michigan Business Network with Mark Schupan. And Mark Schupan, as CEO of Schupan & Sons, has had a lot of great things that have happened along the way. And, and Mark, one thing that comes to mind is uh, uh, I've been thinking about writing a book, and uh, I wouldn't do the, be the one writing it. I would be inviting people to talk about mentors. And I think the book would be titled No One Does It Alone. And I think... Uh, as I think about your world, um, there's been a, been a lot of years, a lot of success, a lot of wonderful memories. Um, uh, do you agree to that whole notion that nobody does it alone? Well, I'd, I'd like to say that it's not true, but it's absolutely true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, you're, you're so right. And I think the younger you recognize the idea that there are people that really can help you that have had experiences or, you know, I'm still learning every day, every day. When I, and when you when you think you know it all, then then you have a real problem. And, yeah. And I just got this list of kind of people real quick that and that I'd like to just mention. I, that I think it really helped me. Um, uh, for, oh, first of all, the other things I want to say that I think is important that the three values that we gave our, we hope to give our children are there's three things: integrity. Um, you always tell the truth, no matter what. That was more important than. What, what you what you did, so to speak. Yeah, right. Tenacity, that when you get knocked down, you just get up and you fight through whatever adversity there is. And the other one was compassion. And if you had those three values as a, as a person or, or as, as a child or as an adult, you're, you're probably going to be a pretty good, pretty yeah. good person. Yeah, you won't miss and, by much. <laughs> um, we actually have that on the back of uh, a headstone for, one, for the son we lost 18 years ago oh. because that's, he... He he did uh, embody those those principles. So he was only twenty three, but he but he already did. But anyway, people that I want, that I'd like to mention. There's a guy named Jim Schrager, and J- Jim is on the it teaches at the University of Chicago. He used to work for the Pritzker family years ago in Chicago. Uh, probably the smartest person I've ever met. But he's been a mentor to me. Uh, I hired him years ago to look at our company because I, I didn't have a business degree at that time and. I just thought we should be doing better, and, I, and I'll, I'll never forget. And he's on our board today, and I'm lucky to have him. But mm. he finished his uh, his review, and he sat me down. He said, Mark, do you want to feel good, or do you want to get better? <laughs> oh, great question. And and he's been he's just been remarkable, and he's he's done stuff with people from advising presidents without telling me. You know, that's the kind of guy he is. <laughs> uh, amazing. And uh, I have a lot of, you know, some of the things he's taught me has really helped us to continue to grow. There's another couple of people in Kalamazoo, Bill Johnson and Ron Stryker, the Stryker you know, company. Mm, yeah. I was just watching them and seeing they could do anything they want. They could absolutely not be involved with the community. They don't have to be or whatever. But to see the kind of philanthropic things that they do, and a lot of them without even you know, being recognized, uh, those are the kind of things that, that sort of 
they definitely uh, are. Uh, I'm trying to think of the perfect word would inspire, I guess. Right. There's a friend of mine that I've been in YPO with, a uh, young president's organization for 30 years, named John Kennedy out of out of Grand Rapids, and he originally owned AutoCam. Now he has AutoCam Medical, but one of the, again one of the best business people I've ever met. But unbelievably, uh, a lot of work in philanthropy and education, and especially in, in for young education, trying to help kids to learn to read and programs he put in, and he, he's he's really been somebody to look up to. I do after after 20 years of going to class uh, once a year at Harvard. They finally took enough of my money, so after nine years, I, I got a Harvard degree. <laughs> wow! <laughs> uh, which is which has been very good for me. Yeah, I think I've reviewed 250 or 300 case studies in my 20 years. But there was a professor named Ben Shapiro who's now retired, but he, his um, lectures and talking about the customer, the customer, things about business uh, have been very, and we've, and we've stayed in communication all, all these years, too. Another guy, Jim Heath, is on my board now, who was the president of Stryker Instruments here, or I'm sorry, Stryker Medical, I believe. Yeah. Uh, very, very quiet, doesn't beat his own drum, but does amazing things in the community, and he and I become very, very good friends. A guy named Sam Joseph, and that... Sam Joseph, this is a fellow that came into my office five years ago, sat down. Somebody sent him to me. I didn't even know who he was. He came from Muskegon, I guess, or whatever, and talked to me about a concept uh, called Covenant Academy, which is non-religious, a school for 16 to 22-year-olds who didn't make it in the public schools or the alternatives with his motivation which I did find out he worked uh, with Mother Teresa at one time. <laughs> Later, <laughs> I never told me. <laughs> wow. Uh, we started a school four years ago, for the, for the, and it's been incredible, the success of helping kids give them another chance. And we didn't care if they were 17 years old and they, they read at fifth grade. Yeah. That's where we started them. And they're now getting high school degrees. So um, those are the kind of things um, that today, when I, when I look at you know, our, if the, if we, if the success of our company, uh, what can we do to make a difference in um, in the future? And, and it, it's important to our employees. They want to work for a company today, These especially young people coming in, that do make a difference. Yeah. Uh, we put a health clinic in for our employees a couple of few years ago, uh, which helped for people that didn't have primary doctors and things. And, and you know, we looked at it and said, well, what's the, some, some of my guys said, well, what's the ROI? And I said, to be honest, I don't give a damn what the ROI is. <laughs> I just know it's the right thing to do. Yeah. We, we, did it, and it's it's really making a difference. Well, one of, one of the things you did here, Mark, is uh, is you, you, on all that list of names that you gave us, in, incredible business leaders, incredible people that have made their made their success, their millions, or whatever it is, and they end up giving back and finding unique ways, and they, it sounds like they were humble in doing it. So they didn't come in leading with uh, their credentials. They came in leading with a with a cause and trying to make something good happen. And Mark, you you uh, truly have a, an incredible story. I, I just don't have enough time inside of a uh, format like this to unpack the whole thing. Maybe we'll have you back as a special encore guest. But Mark, uh, I can't thank you enough. Uh, what a great story. Thank you, sir. Well, thanks for having me on, and I hope there is a, a few nurdles of wisdom there. But uh, <laughs> I have made plenty of mistakes too, and I. I, I'm not sure we discussed those, but uh, 
uh, more winners than losers, but uh, I still really enjoy the people I work with and the opportunities that are out there for the future. So well, we'll call this the we'll call this the best of Mark Chupin, and we'll save the worst for another show. But thanks so much, <laughs> uh, Mark, for your time. Thanks for tuning into the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Versero. Can't wait to talk to you again.